Welcome to the survival podcast for people who take movies too seriously. We survive the apocalypse so you don't have to. And this week, we're going deep to the lost city of Relia. That's a spoiler. I should have thought of uh, I should have thought of an entrance there before we pressed record. Uh, we're going under the sea, down where it's wetter. Everything's better under the sea. That's much better. Um, maybe I'll just cut this out and just like insert like just that part of the so just that line. Yeah, <laughs> and do like weekly planet where I crank it up to like a million yeah. plus, plus ten defenders of the universe. <laughs> um, though I didn't know it. They had done that recently in that podcast, and it wasn't as loud. So obviously, he realized this might actually like burst somebody's eardrum. <laughs> uh, so, if anyone hasn't guessed, we're doing Little Mermaid. And <laughs> uh, no, we are uh, doing the well, the 2020 film Underwater, but it was shot yes. in and completed in 2017. But uh, that's what we're doing. Also, we never introduced ourselves, did we? I'm Johnny. I'm Shane. I assume most people know that by now. But. Yeah, I know, but you know, every pod, every episode is someone's first episode. Yeah, that's a... going by our stats, that doesn't seem to be the case recently. <laughs> <laughs> I think each episode is a lot of people's last episode. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, we need some help, guys. Review us. Give us a review. Yeah, yeah. Give some stars. Yeah. Um, More important now than ever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> things aren't actually that bad but it was just a funny no. joke but reviews do really help and also i don't know if i said this before probably not actually because I, I think i only discovered it since we recorded last uh you can now review on podcast addict oh, which, cool. uh, i know a lot i know because they actually give you numbers i know two thousand or 2.1 thousand people subscribe to us on Podcast Addict. So there's a lot of you listening. That's just one app with 2,000 people. So, like, yeah. come on, somebody should review us. Yeah, give us a review, guys. You know what's funny, actually? I read before that Podcast Addict only accounts for 2%, on average, 2% of uh, the podcast like market or listenership. So, does that mean? If we have 2,000 subscribers on there and only counts for 2%, does that mean we have 100,000 subscribers? Um, I guess so. Yeah, that's what that means. <laughs> it means we can pretend we have. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you could all give us uh, $1 a month each, <laughs> that'd be great. We do we do an episode every day, if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I got it. Yeah, if you had that, if you had those kind of numbers given you on a on Patreon, Jesus, yeah, some of them have it. That's what like those uh, what are they called? Oh, there's a politics podcast, kind of a, a lighthearted comedy politics podcast, yeah. but they get like they're on like a hundred and thirty six thousand a month on Patreon. Wow, and like I don't know anybody that listens to the podcast, but. If if we were getting those numbers, I would um, probably just do one hour live every day, uh, so we don't have to bother bother editing. <laughs> oh, I we'd be doing like a a morning a live morning show, yeah, like for the crack, and then just the normal podcasts 
every Friday or whatever. Yeah, exactly. No, just do a live unedited hour like at like 10, 10 o'clock every morning. Just like a radio, a live radio, a morn, morning radio yeah. show. Yeah, yeah. Just, where, where we just do just a call it Apocalypse Watch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> at the exact same time. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's enough filler. Uh, we can... Yeah. Is is there much in the world of Apocalypse Watch you think worth mentioning or going on? Um, Apart from old men shouting at each other, you know. <laughs> So there probably is, but depending on when this goes up, uh, I guess we yeah. could mention old men shout, shouting at each other and at the moderator yeah. <laughs> and at the clouds. We were talking about the first presidential debate for people that may be listening to this a week from now when there's been more than one. Yeah, it was on yesterday for us while we are recording this. Mm. It's, uh, I watched about five minutes of highlights and then that was enough for me because it's just <laughs> shouting at each other. I was just like, okay. I watched the first hour and had to knock it off. It was just incredibly frustrating to watch. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's, it's someone brought it up on our Discord today, actually. They're talking about it. It's like they're just sick of all these people who are in, running for these positions of power in their 70s. And it's like... Yeah, yeah. It was t- Tony that brought it up. Because even, even like, okay, Bernie would have been a better candidate, but, like, he's, what's he, like, 75, 76 or something? Like, you know. Uh, I think he's even older. I think he could be 78. Yeah, like, you know, where are the, as you pointed out, where are the, the young Bill Clintons of the modern day or the... You know, even Obama was young enough, and um, Obama was incredibly young. Even yeah. like George Bush Junior was very young. Yeah, he just had grey hair, so he looked older. He had gray but, hair, he actually... but yeah, he was only in his mid to late forties. Yeah, um, I don't know. Like even look at George Bush now; he's not that old. Like he, he yeah. seems like he might even be younger than Bill Clinton. But yeah, I think he's probably like he's probably the age of the current candidates you know what i mean or if not younger like i just looked it up he's 74 so he is younger that's crazy and he's out of office 12 years yeah that's madness okay so maybe he and so he donated so he was young he's out of office 74 out like so he was he was at 50s yeah when he became president which is that's like up that's the perfect age in the in your 50s. Yeah. you don't want somebody too young because you're like well how did you get enough experience no, I think you need to be old enough that you have plenty of experience, but young enough that you could still conceivably win a bar fight with a thirty-year-old. <laughs> that's a great. That's, like, that's part of the like uh, how you pick candidates. It's like you have to go, you have to go to Boston and get in a bar fight. Um, and if and if you come out of it okay, like having taught some young drunk dickhead an asshole like a, a lesson. Then... Oh no no! Not even not even that. You don't even need to win the bar fight. I don't think it just needs. You just need to have stand a chance in it. So as the person you were fighting, people wouldn't say, "Oh, you beat up an old man," you know. Oh, yeah. Like so, even if you lose, it's still you're still a a worthy opponent to the person. What 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 they need is like Harrison Ford, Air Force One age. Mm. It's perfect. Like, yeah. That's the perfect age president. Whatever age Harrison Ford was in Air Force One, that's what age the president should be. In um, fact, they should just set, set up a sort of simulation 
and if you can maybe we can host it as a reality show and this is how we decide the president in the future uh, yeah. if you can survive a sort of reenactment of air force one or like, we're just doing, like paintball on an airplane with with uh, with actors like <laughs> that's no, we send in some some actual like imprisoned terrorists, and if they <laughs> win, they get pardoned. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. What I'm an going amazing for a real, a real dystopian sort of uh, Running Man style of reality show. <laughs> so the presidents just end up being these like insane like UFC fighter types, or like. <laughs> It's like, what are your policies? No, no, they still have to. They still have to like have the same character. Like everything about yeah, them yeah. perfectly match Harrison Ford in Air Force One. <laughs> like you've had a military background, you know. Well, well, that's it. Like most. Well, no, I was going to say most of them, but actually, thinking back, the last couple of presidents, none of them were um, like veterans. Like Obama wasn't a veteran. Uh, George Bush wasn't a veteran. Clinton wasn't a veteran. No, um, but different different times they used to be the case yeah i suppose they were they were presidents in relatively in times of, well not really but um they were the wrong age and demographic to have been veterans i suppose that's the well bush's generation would have he he could have fought in vietnam i guess yeah, yeah. we should probably get into it into the film yeah know, if not of just one rant but uh for the people listening, but we, we just had to take a break for some technical difficulties and have talked shite for the last 15 minutes. Um, and as usual, we're doing this episode remotely. Normally, we're, we used to do this sitting in the same room in our bunker, but uh, so our audio is always a bit different. And we always have technical difficulties every episode. So. Yeah, yeah, and you can even hear them now. You're cutting at the beginning. Fuck, I hate this so much. Yeah. We only have record, recorded one episode in person this year. That's crazy. And the funny thing is, it was an episode on coronavirus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but we've been, we, we had done a lot of remote ones prior to this. Yeah. Like, and had as bad a luck with all of them. But... Yeah, I don't think we've ever had one that just worked out no problems. No, no, no. Yet, like, I've done a few with Luke for Scapegoat. Check out Scapegoat Podcast. Uh, and there's never been any problems there. It's just my it's just my mag- magnetic personality <laughs> <laughs> yeah because it's not even because it can't even be our setup because you've been in different places as in, in different parts of the country different yeah. times and we still had bad luck so it's not like the connection or you've done it on different computers as well with different mics but there's always some problem yeah no matter what setup i have it seems to just be cursed i don't know why <laughs> or else like you've just been in the same place using the same setup the whole time and you're just lying to me for <laughs> just because you don't want to take the blame so oh no i'm on a i'm on it completely i'm i'm the other side of the country and i bought a new computer and a new mic just for this so, <laughs> yeah. so, uh, i don't know what the problem is <laughs> that's really just for no reason like yeah. just a pointless like, lie just so it's like you can make it like it must it must be your fault Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> you're you you said you're in the same place so like if everything's different for me but you're in the same in the same room on the same computer on the same mic it must be you that's my understanding of it anyway. so shane to quote to uh steal or quote another podcast what do you think the story was of this film 
Ah, uh, I had a feeling you were going to do that to me this week. Um, so underwater is uh, she's what an opening! Wow, basically it's a bunch of workers in an underground re- refinery. They don't underwater. Is it, what did refinery. I say? Underground, sorry, underwater refinery, and they're at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. It's kind of a, I'm not sure of that like they seem to. Be, they're well, in a deep part of the ocean. Anyway. You no, know, I assume they're just at the. They're on the ocean bed, but they're drilling into the Mariana Trench. Yeah, yeah. Rather than I don't. Well, now maybe I didn't pay, pay close enough attention, but I don't believe they themselves would be in the Mariana Trench. I don't think so. Um, it's like they're at the edge of it, and then their drills go down it or something. Like that. Yeah. Um, and then it. I don't know. They have reactors that are overloading and things like that, and then they. Um, they they never say what they're actually drilling for or anything. Is it oil? Is it what? Well, like it's a bit vague. But anyway, they're all a bunch of engineers stuck in a an under basically an underwater station. Uh, yeah, and a, and a, an accident happens, an earthquake. Yeah, we assume anyway hits and, and the place gets destroyed, yeah. and they have to basically, leave. That's pretty much the yeah. So it's it's, it's just a disaster movie of like underwater disaster like this, movie. The, the specifically what they have to do is there's an old station that they can get to the, 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 there's no way out of the the station they're in the the upper deck it's i don't know how to refer to it but yeah it's collapsed so they can't get to the escape pods but if they get to the old station they can use the escape pods there so essentially they have to use their this set in a not too distant future as well so everything's a little bit more uh advanced and they have suits that will allow them to walk with the at the bottom of the ocean and the yeah. pressure won't kill them so they essentially have to just get to the other station that's, and, the, uh, that's the challenge and it has the best thing in it is their biggest challenge is they have to walk like one mile or something like a really mm-hmm. small distance but underwater at the bottom of the ocean where there's no natural light there's no life and you're in this suit uh, with freezing temperatures and huge pressure is like they're all like no no one's ever done that before yeah, <laughs> like, yeah walked a mile are you insane <laughs> like it's such a huge feat to do when you think of like just walking a mile is just such a simple like having to walk a mile in like the worst snowstorm isn't you could do it you know what i mean like it's just yeah, you would, yeah. it would be shit but you wouldn't think of it as being impossible you know like and okay people have died doing that but you know it's not a um, not so unfathomable you know where uh, doing it at whatever depths they're at like ever many thousand feet down it's just something like it's basically impossible no it's never been done before there's no record for it um, yeah it, it like realistically like it can't it can't be done yeah and in so, this world they've got these special suits so you just have to accept that but even that like it kind of doesn't make sense but <laughs> Uh, and that, that's the thing is from so the level they're on they have to go down to get to the seafloor to go across mm. exactly yeah yeah because they, they can't like swim during these suits uh so they, they do have to walk so i'm not certain that they're not in the mariana trench i believe they couldn't be so i think they are around six uh six thousand meters down would that oh, be right? yeah. But uh, I can't remember the exact uh, measurement of what the pressure is like there, but I know uh, uh, the water pressure, but I remember what its equivalent is. And that's uh, an elephant balancing on a postal stamp. Oh, yeah. 
that's what the water pressure would be. So like that's how strong those suits would need to be. Oh yeah, and that's like whatever per whatever square inch or Yeah, yeah. Three centimeters or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. But you, if 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 you were to go down there the way you are now without a suit, you'd be the postage stamp and the elephant would be the water the the water would be the elephant balancing on you or the water pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but how many like think about how many elephants could you fit or how many postage stamps can you fit between your shoulders across your head yeah so how many elephants is that that's crazy mm. and um and i know we're i'm just getting straight into a flaw of the film but I'll, I'll, just because i'll forget it and we're already talking about the suits but there is oh, a yeah. suit there is a scene later where like somebody needs they need to the person's oxygen has run out and they need to give them their oxygen so they break their uh, helmet open with a fire extinguisher and you're like well you probably can't withstand the water pressure at six thousand feet then if you can just yeah. break it open with a fire extinguisher <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah when they they get into the, the dry dock and even at that wonder when they first need to evacuate the station and they're looking for intact helmets before they go down and you see yeah. there's a bunch that are cracked and you're like well how did these get cracked like you know what could crack them if they can yeah and if they these are used at the bottom of the ocean to withstand the water pressure so yeah. if they crack and we see what happens when they get cracked underwater you die instantly so how did they ever make it back to yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just one kinda... of those things you have to accept but yeah yeah like the the suits are designed for whatever pipe inspections but i assume they use some kind of submersible and then so they're only out the idea being that they're only out in those pressures for like yeah. maybe a minute or two at a time and then yeah that's the big challenge for the characters is they have to do like however long it takes them to walk a mile and you're shuffling at a really slow pace so. yeah like realistically i'm willing to actually accept that maybe i don't know the science behind this but maybe it's like when you uh glass is heated and you introduce cold water to it it just cracks maybe yeah, every yeah. time they come back after doing maintenance the suits can just crack when they enter into a, an ox and enter into like a non or less water pressure or whatever that maybe they just yeah, yeah. expand and crack oh yeah that they only have like, like so many use. uses in them or whatever one yeah, use or, yeah. yeah yeah maybe um, and and actually, there is temperature involved in that as well because the temperature down there is whatever minus because um, there's no sunlight. And, um, yeah, yeah. So they could freeze, and then when they come back into the station, they just start to crack. Yeah, yeah. and that that's one of the things is because the pressure is so high down there, it's cold enough that it'd be completely frozen solid, say at at uh, ground level, like or um, at sea level, I suppose. Uh, but because it's under so much pressure at the bottom of the water, at the ocean, um, it can't freeze. Mm. But uh, do you think we don't, for people that may be listening to this that haven't watched the film, is that enough of explanation to... Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a disaster movie about engineers trying to survive uh, their disaster. And that's their escape plan is to walk a mile at the bottom of the ocean, which is a fucking great concept for a disaster yeah. movie. Now... Uh, there is a moment, so if we're going in the way the story is told, so early in the film, when they're on the, the way down, yeah. they meet with some other engineers. Yeah. The, and the they, uh, yeah, and they do have a recording. And there is that moment where somebody says, where they all don't know what's going on. And somebody says, 
you should hear this. And of course, you hear people screaming and it doesn't sound, it sounds like something more than an earthquake might have, might have hit. Yeah, yeah. And it's the classic thing in one of these films where nobody acknowledges that and they just go on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's the concept is that there's, and at those depths, you don't, you don't really know what's in the water. So there's something right there. And then as the movie yeah. progresses, there's a, there's a monster in the water. Yeah. Now, as a viewer, I think even if you watch this film without any prior knowledge of, which actually, because I told you to, to watch it, <coughs> what prior knowledge did you have? None at all. I didn't watch a trailer. I didn't look at it. I told you IMDb, not to. Nothing. I I okay. I I I uh I downloaded it and I couldn't remember what it was called. I had to go in back into your message and I actually copied and pasted it right. <laughs> like into a search engine. So at what point in the film did you think, oh well there's more than just an earthquake here? Um I had it pretty early on. Yeah, you see, I think they actually dropped the ball like there's one scene where it makes when uh not Kristen Stewart who is the main character, but the other sort of female lead i guess um yeah when they're first going down when they're getting suited up she looks at a mural on the wall of this of the station i keep almost saying space station because i know me too yeah it's it's played like a space movie yeah yeah, there's a mural on the wall that depicts like a sea creature and that's where it's like oh okay so there's this is a monster movie yeah and she, she she just looks at it and it's just like a painting that's just there but I guess also the beginning of the film is very uh, like 2004 where the opening credits like show newspaper clippings of like all these mysterious disturbances in, in the <laughs> bottom of the ocean. So that's a bit of a giveaway. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, so you kind of you kind of start with oh, there's something at the bottom of the ocean. There's something else. Yeah. And, um, but so, so it, be- it does become pretty clear anyway. Yeah, the other Early actress enough. is Jessica Henwick. Uh, her character is Emily, Emily, and and Vincent Castle is in it. He's like the captain. I think you're being very generous to call her a character. I I really like this movie, but uh, yeah, yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Kristen Stewart is the only character in it. Yeah, <laughs> there's other actors out there. But <laughs> yeah, there's, there's yeah, there's definitely some uh, other human set pieces in it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or actually no uh sorry your man the captain you just said is the actor's name yeah vincent castle or cassio cassio i think yeah let's go with that he's 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 got he's a character in it he's got a bit of personality his um they gave his character depth by the fact that he mentions he has a daughter that's that's so for people that uh haven't seen the film and to be honest, like if, if you haven't, I'd say just pause this and go and watch it, find it somewhere because it's only like a ninety-minute film, and it's it's pretty good. Yeah, I, it's one of my favorite films of the year. Anyway, the three films that came out this year. <laughs> but <laughs> but but if you haven't seen it, Kristen Stewart is essentially Ripley from Alien. You know. <laughs> yeah. No, it, that's exactly it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's Alien for the modern, like in the modern day. Yeah. Now, I'll be honest, of course, I uh, one of the big things I had to get around watching this was the fact that Kristen Stewart was in it, because if there's one thing I can't stand is to watch a film with somebody from Twilight in it. 
<laughs> it bothers me so much that people still give her and Robert Pattinson. Patton? What's his name? Pattinson? Patterson? It's not Patterson. Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson. Sorry, that's it. But it, I fucking, I get sent into a rage when I see people like give out about them still on the internet for being know, yeah. like, you're like that those movies are 13 years old <laughs> like it's it's so long ago the books and, um, came out i i was a teenager when those books came out that's how old that franchise is yeah yeah i know and so are you you'd have been a teenager too i think i was like 18 so you, that you'd have been 19 and still a teenager yeah yeah i was like well, basically the same age johnny you know <laughs> thing. um but like, yeah so there are people like think of it this way. <laughs> there are people. There are teenagers who loved that franchise that now have teenagers of their own. You know, <laughs> maybe maybe not quite. Maybe only a few. But the point is, but yet there are still like men in their thirties giving out about them on the internet. It's like, what are you fucking doing with your life? Yeah, but it's just like they were like seventeen when it came out. Like, yeah, they, they need there's, to. There's, there's a few like video like youtube movie critics that i used to like watch a lot back in the day that were like constantly that like twilight was the butt of every joke oh yeah and, yeah. It's, and it's still kind of the butt of every joke they were in their 30s then like they, they're they like in their 40s now i have to say they're both very talented actors but i, I insanely talented. but i felt the same for i'd say three to four years after the twilight franchise that i was just like didn't really have an interest in anything either the marine um, I definitely was interested in Robert Pattinson first because he he did like very soon after Twilight he started to make a few good movies. I think it took her a little longer yeah. to sort of get people to forget about Twilight. Well, I think I think she did the whole thing of like she became super famous and like party too hard and then disappeared for about five years but she was probably still doing stuff but you didn't really hear about it as much and then she kind of had a bit of a comeback where he has just kept going and kept climbing and he does unusual indie movies or more out there movies like you know like he did lighthouse and then now he's batman like (laughs) like what a career I don't know a whole lot about the personally like the the like behind the scenes, but I don't. Wait, was she like the the partying type? Yeah, she went through this whole thing of like where I think now yeah, I could be wrong, but I remember seeing like photos of her um at like some premiere. It was probably one of the last movies, and she was just like off her face, super skinny, and it was one of those things like all the like um like all those. Uh, like gossip channels, uh, yeah, yeah, we're all just like always constantly going on about her, like being spotted, you know, in in Walmart, in like <laughs> in things like with her sunglasses <laughs> on, looking real Isn't like it? you get me on a fucking Sunday morning, and I look I, I, like you could paint me yeah, as a heroin yeah. addict. Yeah, and I, there was probably a huge part of that as well, but it was yeah, I I, I think. The trolls got to her a little bit, and she probably didn't have a good time for a few years. You know, I remember seeing this actually like made me like kind of depressed. And this was like maybe it was probably still Twilight films were probably it was just after the last one. But your man Robert Batten Bat Rob Robert Pattinson, 
uh, he it was like the paparazzi, like TMZ, following him out of a club or something. And he was oh, just yeah. trying to get into his car and they were surrounded him and he, he couldn't like pull out and he was like begging them to just let him get home and like they wouldn't move out of his way and he was just having he just got back into his car and he just sat there for like and there was just people videoing him and he was just sitting there staring into space for like 20 full minutes and he was like this <laughs> poor man like he just he's just he's only like 22 or something and he's just it, like, all these grown men like like literally no exaggeration yeah. it was about 60 grown men with cameras just surrounding his car not letting them pull out and he he tried just be- he was begging them to just let him get drive home and they wouldn't let him and so he just sat in his car just staring into space yeah like it was it was really <laughs> sad uh yeah I've, I've never understood that like I've... but that's how they're they're fucking they're such predators those people because all they were they like what they were just getting a photo of him sitting in his in his car they all that 60 people with the exact same photo of a man sitting in his in his car it was going to be worthless but they were just staying yeah. there because if they stayed there long enough he might snap and he might like slam his fist against the window or something and then they get a couple of grand for that that that's what they do to make a living they are the lowest form of human life yeah. in the world every one of i no i won't say that but there's there's a special place in hell for them so. yeah you know what i would say if like there was any elder god sleeping beneath the sea they would be the first ones that, that he would <laughs> he would just focus all his anger on and their brains would just explode so they start off, they come across, there's like a platform. So they're in kind of an elevator going down and then they can't go any further. They have to make their way out to another platform. And, or no, they get a signal, isn't it? There's a signal of like a submersible. Yeah, yeah. And so they stop at like one of the levels to check on the submersible. And then they, then it's like becomes a, a monster movie. Like there's a... Kind yeah, of a well, they monster attacking the window, and then they find. Well, well, they find bodies. there's they they find the some. Well, I was going to call them survivors, but they're dead bodies. But they the 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 other crew has been has disappeared, and the captain yeah. wants to find out what happened to them, and he sends two of the guys out. Well, two guys volunteer. Funnily yeah. enough, one of them's T.J. Miller, who they found earlier in underneath a bunch of rubble. Yeah, uh, with his bunny rabbit. Yeah, buried under rubble with his his teddy bunny, much <laughs> much much like how he buried his career around the same time. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, they volunteer to go out, which I like. Are you mad? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, when they go out, they find uh, a dead body of one of the crew and uh, uh, a monster. Not a monster. I wouldn't call it a monster yet. It's a little creature who's a sea, a sea creature that's yeah something they've never seen before, and it, its behavior is very unusual. And like but as soon as they they kill it and they bring it back in for the other guys to see, and it's like that's the point where I'd be like, "Did look? Everybody here saw Jurassic Park too, right? This is clearly a baby. <laughs> you do not bring the yeah. baby." into the hold like we just even if you kill it you just leave it here mammy and daddy won't know who killed it yeah yeah and it's, <laughs> but it's also it's very the whole scene is very reminiscent of um, 
again you were saying aliens like if it's almost like a face hugger yeah and, yeah and the whole time you're waiting for it to not be dead and to like jump on one of them <laughs> yeah, it just yeah, doesn't happen yeah. it's done which is just so happy, yeah. They, yeah they create this like tension like it's going to jump on someone and then it doesn't happen it's brilliant um but then i think there's a bigger one at like a window or something uh, yeah well while they're kind of experimenting on it uh yeah you yeah. hear the the other ones start to like scuttle on top of the the hold that they're in yeah but now we don't need to like go through each step of the film really because no 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 i was just thinking like people have oh no i I wasn't saying that in regards to what you were doing but no i just point out like people have either seen the film and know it or if they're listening to this they don't care enough but i would say that uh, people should watch it because it is quite good yeah but what what i was really surprised with that uh, we might be in the minority of people that think that because it only has like 46% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. And it's one of the few films where the uh, critic score actually matches the audience score. Which I was actually surprised by that. Like, because I, I thought it was really good. <laughs> like there's sometimes, I, I've there's some films I like that I know other people don't like as much. Or that aren't going to be critic darlings. But with this one, I was like shocked to see that it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Like kind of no, I don't want to say it should be praised because it's not like a masterpiece or anything, but it's just a solid like horror sci-fi movie. Yeah, and it's I thought it was very well made. I think like like I'm looking at my my DVD there has like a five point eight and a meta score of forty eight. Like that's eight of ten. That's terrible. <laughs> that's way um, too low for it. I think. What I think back to what you were saying is. I'd say at least a point to two points of that is by people who just hate Kristen Stewart because she was in the Twilight <laughs> movies. Like, genuinely. Maybe, you know, yeah, no, that could be. And, and sorry, there's, no, there's a point for her and a point for TJ Miller because of how he sank it himself. Mm. I feel like the type of people that would, uh, I feel like the type of people who would be downrating a movie because the woman from Twilight is in it would be the type of people that might actually up for it because tj miller is in it and the sjw's were the ones who got him me too <laughs> yes, well, that's what i mean it should be two points like i'd give it a seven oh, out of it's, ten should, and it's a 5.8 out of ten so they've kind of cancelled each other out there so it's a one it's lost 1.2 points that it, it should have yeah <laughs> do you think now watching it that tj miller was edited they edited around some of his stuff uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. There's a few, like it doesn't, not overly, but there's definitely some parts where I was like, well, that seems like there was probably more more to that or more to yeah. this little part. And as well, the whole, the, like you were saying, like the, a lot of the other characters aren't developed very well. I'd say they probably were at some point. But they've just shaved it down a lot. Yeah, like the film's only maybe a little bit more than 90 minutes, but not much. I think it is just 90 minutes though. Yeah. And it, it feels like the type of movie that in 2020 wouldn't be. Like, I, I feel like there's probably is a lot cut out of it. It's an hour 35, so 95 minutes. Like, there's even stuff, so Kristen Stewart's character, she uh, she wears a necklace in it, and she, like, clings to it quite a bit in the film when she, like, thinks she's going to die. And you can assume, because yeah. you, you know she had a fiancé who died, that has something that he probably gave it to her, or her wedding, probably, yeah. Well, the way it's set up, you're like, this is going to 
be you in the end she's going to use this to reach for something that saves her oh Where's yeah it? but then it just never like that necklace is it not never important. Goes anywhere. i keep drawing attention to it but nothing happens with it but i feel like there's so on the edit on the editing room floor there is a scene where that is used to i don't know like where she's like trapped and she needs to like detonate something and she uses that to reach it or you know something like that yeah that's really sad. and um, I feel like the tension's really good and that's what I did like about this movie is it's mm. uh, like as it goes on like the dread of the j- danger just like because first it's the danger of like can they trust the suits and then it's can they trust what's outside on the platform and then it's okay we've got to the bottom and then the building's collapsing down, or the station's collapsing, and they have to run and yeah, yeah. hide. And then they're on the floor, sea floor, and it's like, can they survive? And then it's like, oh no, there's these creatures. It just keeps <laughs> yeah, escalating yeah. and escalating. And that's the right. thing. So, like the 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 film, the opening of the film is the destruction of the station. Oh, like you're straight you, in. Yeah. We're three minutes into the film. It, not even three. She's literally just sitting or standing, brushing her teeth, and an explosion just happens. And from that point on. The film is just one big chase from different things. But... Yeah, yeah. Do you think on the cutting room floor, there's like 20 minutes of them all sitting around having dinner, slagging each other at the start? That's what I was going. Yeah, there's like, I'd say there's loads of character development in the first half an hour that was cut yeah. out. And that scene, that was the second act because the the woman I referred to earlier, you said her name, she who was looking Emily. at the Emily. Uh, we're introduced to her kind of randomly and then out of nowhere we le- learned that her and another guy were having like a secret sort of love affair yeah, yeah you're like i don't care it's like i literally just met these two people so it makes no difference to me that they're having a secret love affair so obviously there's a yeah. scene way earlier in the film where they're like eyeing each other around the dinner table while the other guys are just joking yeah yeah you know like where like they, they would hint towards that in another scene yeah. yeah, there's a there's an entire there is clearly a whole first act of this movie yeah. taken out. Yeah, and like I I don't know what re- like maybe that's just pacing. The director changed his mind. Maybe it's because T.J. Miller was like a big part of that first act. Yeah, I don't know. Like, it could be both. <laughs> yeah, like it could just be that. Like, so the movie was shot in 2017 and shelved until now and there's probably two reasons for that it was fox that made it so the disney merger would have slowed it down oh of course yeah yeah. and then obviously the the tj miller me too stuff would have slowed it down too but it might just be that the the director suddenly had three years to edit it so he just kept (laughs) kept editing and editing it until it was just such a concise 90 minute movie and i can see that happening imagine like you you have a two hour 20 minute movie that you that was meant to be released at the end of 2017 and sh- suddenly you have another three years which is sitting on like your hard drives I've, I've i've done it with short films where i've like um I've, I've had short films like that where i've like my first edit whatever was like say i went for like a 10 minute movie and i had 11 minutes and then i was aiming for a deadline and uh then the deadline got pushed or something for like whatever, say a festival or a competition or something. Yeah. And then I think the film I probably handed it in the end was like six minutes. You know? <laughs> like, yeah. Because yeah. I just kept getting tighter and tighter and be like, oh, I don't need that scene. Or I can tell the story of that scene in this 30 seconds. It doesn't need to be those two minutes. And it's just like, because you just keep picking yeah. away at it. 
But it's funny because I can see he could have had this really good first act where we got to know all the characters and then he just thought, oh, wouldn't it be cool if you just opened the film right at the moment where things go bad? And like, I can see why you'd be like, oh, well, I'll have to throw out this entire first act, but that's a really cool way to open an, of opening a film. And it's like, yeah, that's it's a really strange. hard choice to make. Yeah. <laughs> it's brave. So what did you think of, I suppose, like, obviously we're going into spoilers and all that kind of stuff. Why would you be listening to this otherwise? Um, the reveal that it wasn't an earthquake. Well, okay, but, but here's the thing. So, like, we learned that it's monsters. Yeah. And, and there's more than one. And they're constantly, there's a few, like, little scenes where somebody gets eaten. Not eaten, but, like, attacked by a monster or whatever. And, and the monsters are basically, like, uh, mermen, I guess. Like, realistic mermen. That they're, they're like a sea creature that's humanoid with arms and a head. Face. But it looks like they're kind of humanoid, but also like it looks like they don't have they have arms and legs, but not hands and feet. You like you never yeah. get a good look at them, but it looks like they're more like not tentacles exactly, but it looks like they're I don't know it's hard to describe them. They look very weird. You know what they are? They're a, a certain like pulp otter from around 1920 would refer to them as like maybe unseeable or undefinable or unknowable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but they're like they've human shoulders and neck and head, basically. Mm. And then like eyes and sharp teeth kind of thing. And they're just but then they seem to be made of like the same stuff as like an octopus or so or even even a jellyfish. Like they seem quite squishy and soft. Like they don't have any yeah, bones yeah. or anything. Because the when there's one point where she gets pinned down by one and she uses the flare and the whole thing the thing basically dissolves around her flare. Yeah, yeah. I think if a, if HP Lovecraft was to write a description of them, it would be monsters of vaguely anthropoid outlines. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. Um, and then it turns out that they're just these parasites that live on <laughs> Uh, an old one <laughs> yeah well actually before before that we do get a bit of hit when she goes to the other station and see sees the captain's locker there is some notes on some paper of things coming from where they're drilling and that's the first oh, yeah. that is a moment in the film where i thought i didn't think they were going this direction but when i saw that scene i was like oh it's almost like lovecraftian yeah. And then I thought not in more of it, but then yeah, we get to almost the tail end of the film where she gets swallowed by one of these creatures, shoots a flare gun through him, <laughs> and escapes in just the most badass scene ever. But then yeah. the rest of the creatures just pull away. Like <laughs> like literally we just yeah. see and, them and get pulled. But it's like they're hanging out of some yeah, they're hanging out of some kind of nest structure and stuff. Mm. You don't know what it is. There's the scene when they try to get into the other station where there's all these creatures just hanging like they're sleeping, like bats. They're hanging from above like bats. And one of them wakes up and swallows Christmas Short's character. And when she escapes, we just see all the others wake up. But at the moment they wake, they just start, they just get pulled up and drift off into the distance. And you're just like, what the fuck? And then you realize <laughs> that they're just like, yeah, they're just parasites on like the hoof of Cthulhu. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> and, you're like, oh. and even then you don't know what's going on and she shoots another flare and it lights up and you just see the you just see the tentacles from his face and you're like yeah oh that kind of look and then like it, he lights up more and you see how big he is and you're like oh wow they this is a cthulhu film yeah yeah which is just amazing <laughs> I was, I was literally great. sitting here. I was sitting here watching it, and I, went, and I literally went, "Ah, it's yourself." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because it's so good. Because it's not like exactly a twist. Because no, like everything's laid out. It's just, it's just. I know it's weird that just like at the very end of a film, they reveal that. Oh yeah, this is actually a Cthulhu movie, by the way. Yeah, yeah which is great. For listeners who who aren't really aware of Cthulhu, Cthulhu is a character from H.P. Lovecraft's writing. He only appears in one story, The Call of Cthulhu, but he's like a, a presence throughout the entire like H.P. Lovecraft universe, and he's uh, essentially like like Penny, like the the monster that becomes Pennywise in it. He's a, a celestial sort of god who who came to Earth and. It, it used to be his domain and then he just went to sleep for a while and will eventually wake up yeah um, and the rate 2020 is gone i mean <laughs> be great well that could be it the whole thing with call of the call of cthulhu it's like he's asleep in his his ancient city but he still dreams and and sometimes his dreams just he, he can communicate with people oh yeah like accidentally his dreams just like transfer to random people and that's what causes like bad shit to happen. So so that might just be what's happened. He's fallen into like a deep sleep and he's having some like really bad dreams. <laughs> <laughs> that's twenty twenty is mm. part of his sleep cycle. Uh, but no, yeah, it's, no, I was gonna say it'd be great if they did a sequel and it's just him just coming up out of the ocean and just going on a rampage. <laughs> just, just, just yeah, it's so weird because like. I think that's the problem with like them using. I think this was the best way to use Cthulhu in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Because you only see him at the end, and he doesn't get to do a whole lot. You assume he's not actually dead, because can he even die? He's probably just like sinks into his slumber again. Because I think like once like Cthulhu wakes and comes above water, he doesn't really like. Look, if you look Cthulhu in his eyes, you go mad. Oh yeah, but that's all he does. Yeah, he doesn't even need to. He can just like sit there and he can destroy the world. Like he's so powerful. He doesn't even, he doesn't need to do like Godzilla and come onto land. His yeah, just, yeah. his presence alone is enough to just destroy the universe. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not even bad. Like it's not like Cthulhu is an evil. Indifferent. Yeah. Completely indifferent. And that's like, that's the problem. That's how you do a sequel then is just. Um, madness is spreading throughout the world like a virus and nobody knows why but it's literally the time it takes for him for him to like walk from the trench to the, the shore mm-hmm. or something <laughs> it just happens over like a couple of days and uh and the end of the movie you, you do the same thing at the end of the movie is he just walks on land and people are already gone completely insane about like, killing each other <laughs> have they ever have they ever like brought cthulhu into the dc universe don't think so. Not that I know of. Because it, it would be funny if, like, Aquaman ended up being able to control him. <laughs> <laughs> and is, is it always that Cthulhu's at the bottom of the ocean? Is that the, yeah, the yeah. original legend? Yeah. In the, like, the the story, The Call of Cthulhu, 
he's accidentally awoken. Like the, the story Call of Cthulhu is written, it's journal entries from a guy who, well, it's one guy who found journal entries from his grandfather. Yeah. Who has heard about this legend. And he refers to all these other stories. But the only time, C- Cthulhu only appears at the very end when, where there's an account of a group of sailors who accidentally awoke him. And one of them, in, there's, he kills everybody. And at the end, the yeah. last survivor just drives his ship into Cthulhu and pierces him in the head with the bow of the ship. What's the long, uh, what's the pointy part of a ship called? The, the pointy bit. <laughs> that's exactly what they say in the story and he rams into him and Cthulhu like falls back but like it's made absolutely clear that Cthulhu he even refers it gave me long enough to to escape oh yeah but the but the story ends he's desperately trying to write the story as fast as possible because he knows Cthulhu's cult are going to hunt him down Ah, and that they're going to wake Cthulhu again the whole idea is that he's definitely that he just can't die and is is um Lovecraft at a copywriter is it owned by some uh no um, trustee out of copy out of copyright yes. oh, right. he never actually when he was alive he never actually had a book released that's mad i didn't know that yeah every piece of his writing was in like pulp magazines and newspapers and shit i'll say he was just like penny a word kind yeah, of writing. yeah. That's mad. For, at the start, I think he, like he got successful enough that he would just get he 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 had just a commission where it was like three or four hundred per story, but that was only very late in life. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, like he was he was broke. Like he live he like used to live off fucking like tinned beans and shit. Like that's mad. I never knew that. Yeah. And he died when he, he was like forty two. He died. Wow. But also, he never really wanted to. Like he never. That was just like his. I think he really liked his writing and like the universe he was creating, but it wasn't like he never took it that seriously. Like he used to encourage his friends to, because the, the whole the Cthulhu mythos, there's other writers that have written stories in that, but he used to encourage it. Oh, of like, he, yeah. he essentially encouraged fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. But yeah, he was of that time where like writers would all drink absinthe in the same club and <laughs> would collaborate yeah. and talk about stuff. Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> they probably wore white hoods in his club as well. <laughs> he was pretty racist. Uh, yeah. Wasn't he like a bit of a troll as well? Like he didn't he have that whole didn't we do cover a story before about he wrote this whole fictional story about travelling across the Atlantic in a balloon or something? No, no, that was uh that was Edgar Allan Poe. Oh, sorry. Yeah. But he, he did take a lot of influence from Poe. But yeah, Edgar, Edgar Allan Poe was just a, a troll. Oh, so yeah, so it's fan Poe fake stories in the news. Yeah, mix them with Poe. So, yeah. <laughs> Lovecraft, I guess Lovecraft was a troll in the in the sort of 4chan sense. <laughs> he was kind of horrible with, with like some of the names he gave characters and stuff where you're like, you're, you're really just trying to upset somebody with that name. <laughs> that kind of makes that makes me want to try and download uh, one of his stories on Audible and see, like, just listen to the narrator <laughs> try struggling to say things. I don't even, I don't even want to want to say the name because, like, that yeah. alone could get me in trouble. But if anybody wants isn't familiar with H.P. Lovecraft and wants to know what I'm talking about, Google what was the cat's name in the Rats in the Wall. Okay, I'm gonna do that now. When I'm... The Rats in the Wall is a short story. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You do it now. And we get your reaction. 
just to be clear to anybody playing at home, uh, this is a proper slur, so, you know, it, it's fairly offensive, so maybe just don't Google it. It's <laughs> <laughs> so bad. It's so bad, isn't it? It's so unnecessary. Oh, oh my God. It's so offensive. It's so unnecessary. Like, because... You know, when a lot of the time when people <laughs> talk about when people talk about shit authors authors wrote in the twenties and stuff, people are like, ah yeah, but that was just that was the time. But with that, you're like, that wasn't like that was clearly just written to annoy people. But like <laughs> most of the reason I'm laughing at it is because I just expected something smarter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, because it's so stupid. It doesn't even make <laughs> sense. Like uh, that's why I'm laughing so much. It's because I expected like something kind of clever or more obscure or a play on words or something. But I, I assumed it was going to. I assumed like my first instinct was that the N word had been involved, and I thought, no, that's too obvious. <laughs> you know, and then it's more obvious than you even uh, thought. Yeah. But I, I'd set it up as a, I'd set it up as him of it being like something a four chan troll would have wrote so I yeah. think I prepared you to laugh to give you the okay that you can laugh you know <laughs> yeah 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 you know not to not to uh defend H.P. Lovecraft in, for his casual racism but he did no not at all he did uh change a lot of his opinions later in life and you know, people people should be allowed to change. That's the only way we can progress as a society. Yeah, absolutely. You shouldn't be judged for something you wrote on Twitter ten years ago. Yeah, and you know, he he died at forty two, so he's a young man. But he like maybe he was in his mid thirties when he wrote the rats in the wall. There's still time to change. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of the thing with him was he uh he hadn't left. Like he he was from Providence, Rhode Island. And he hadn't left there since he was a child. Like, he'd never been out of the city in his life. Wow. And it wasn't until he married he married some other writer. And she, like, forced him to move to New York. And that was the first time he actually started, like, fucking actually talking to other cultures and stuff. Oh, like, experiencing culture. Oh. Yeah. And he kind of had a bit of a, oh, yeah, I guess, I guess Mexicans aren't so bad. <laughs> or Irish. Or, or whatever. Yeah. I think there was stuff where he was actually, like... Re- really like supportive of certain cultures but not others like ones you'd think he'd have been against like he wasn't he wasn't anti-semitic and he wanted he thought they should increase immigration from latin countries and european countries oh, but yeah. he didn't want like other other it's just weird he had fucking weird beliefs like well have a whole different point of view of Cthulhu now <laughs> <laughs> it's too long for you to google it but if you do read the, like maybe we should just do a, an actual call of Cthulhu episodes and you could, can just That'd read the story but within the the maybe the third paragraph there's an unnecessary <laughs> slur already oh, brilliant <laughs> Like at the, at the very beginning of the story, he pretty much has a line that if you read into it, you could pretty much say that he's blaming a certain race for, for the entire story you're about to read. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> or no, not read. That's a huge exaggeration. No, it's it's one of those things, and I'm sure most people will agree. Is when I hear things like that that are like so offensive, you just have to laugh because they're so ridiculous. I know we've talked about this before on the podcast, but it's like. 
when things are so extreme, they're hilarious. Like, because mm. they just become dumber and meaningless yeah, at that point. Yeah. During the, the first lockdown we had, I ended up reading a couple of Agatha Christie novels. Yeah. yeah. And I'd, I'd never ra- read any of her stuff before. She makes Lovecraft look like a saint. Really? Wow. Yeah, she's incredibly racist. And like, lo- like, like that thing you just Googled about Lovecraft, that's more like a snide remark just to annoy people. He thinks his readers will laugh at this. Yeah. But her stuff is just like real nasty kind of just character descriptions where she will call somebody a shifty Jew. Wow. You know? <laughs> but, but nobody talks about Agatha Christie. It's like for some reason. That's really funny. Yeah. That like she's allowed away with it for some reason. Because I'd never even heard, I'd never heard that she, her writing was like that until I actually no, read her stuff. That's incredible. No, maybe I'm making it sound worse than it. Like it's not really bad. It, like, and I'd say she, like, again, that was the time she came from blah 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 all that but it's definitely there like i'm not i'm yeah. you don't need to like read into it like she straight up like says some stuff that's just not not nice but it just doesn't seem like people talk about it as much with her oh yeah it's funny and she is like the i think maybe not the but she's one of the best selling authors ever I think she, like, collectively, she sold more books than any other writer. She's probably written more than any other, too. But... Oh, yeah, like, the, of all time. But just, it, we just took a weird turn where we're just, like, talking about <laughs> racist authors now. But it, it, it is relevant, I guess. Yeah, yeah. But, no, yeah, like that, like, it's uh, it's not a twist, I suppose, but it's, it's a reveal. Um, that's Cthulhu, which is yeah. awesome. And then she lets the main reactor blow up, like it's nuclear or whatever. Yeah, well, she she gets her friends into the pods. Yeah, she gets them away. And of course, there's only two pods left, but uh, she doesn't tell her friends that. She says there's another one for her, so she puts them in and lets them go on ahead. Just lets the reactor blow. Yeah, to take out... Um, and it's not even to take out the Cthulhu, it's to take out the the humanoid parasites because they're going after the pods yeah all, all the parasites are following the pods we even like and maybe this is like reading into it because like you know we now that we know it's cthulhu we, the, the last shot that she's just looking out the window of the station and you see cthulhu standing there looking at her yeah, yeah. and there is almost like he knows what she's doing because you know you, you can read minds and shit and um, did you get that at all? Yeah, yeah. Because like he he, does, he doesn't do anything in the he just stands there just every time because he, he doesn't need to do anything. Yeah, the two we only see him twice in the entire film when he's revealed and in that last shot and both times he's not doing anything. He's just standing there watching. Yeah, just, just, just always really cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, and because he probably is affected by that explosion, like he probably does get nuked and gets knocked out, and he goes back to sleep again, and maybe he goes to sleep for a few thousand years. But and put to him, that's not, and like that's just like a nap. Yeah, it doesn't mean anything. <laughs> yeah, but it's like we talked about when we done the it episode. In that, like, the character of it in Stephen King is meant to be almost like an old one as well. Yeah, but he's just weak. He he's just weak because he just lost a battle with another god and so he's he's landed on earth and he's trying to regain his strength 
But so we see him as this like not weak because he's obviously really powerful in those movies, but that's him at his weakest. But it's just yeah, and it's it's taken him hundreds of years or even thousands of years to get to that level as well, like to regain his strength. Yeah, but in his mind, it's only it's a few days. Like yeah, because time is meaningless. Yeah, yeah. I just really like that idea. But there's a cool thing in in all the Lovecraft the the Lovecraft myths. There's just cool shit like that. Like even even Cthulhu isn't the he's not even like the most powerful being in Lovecraft stories. Oh really? That's cool. Yeah, yeah. There's still one of well, there's probably a few above him, but because Cthulhu is even referred to, he's a he's not even technically in the old. He's an old one, but he's just a high priest of the old ones. He's not actually a god. Oh, yeah. Now, technically, they're all gods. They're gods compared to everything else. But there is yeah. something above him. There's a, re- there's a So there's a, the god in the Lovecraft mythos is called Azatoth. Azatoth, I think. And it's Cthulhu. They, they all have different pronunciations. But I think it's Azatoth. Yeah. And he's only mentioned, like, it's great the way they do this. Or the way, they, the way he does this people like know the word as a thought that this might be a god but they don't know why they know it oh that's cool but there's this whole idea that as a thought is probably the creator of all things but it's where it gets into like simulation theory that the the only reason people that essentially the idea is that as a thought might just be dreaming of existence and the reason a few people (sighs) know his name is because they're just getting mixed up in the dream Oh, because so like everything, they're, they're figments of his imagination. So of course they know. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> there's a there's a line in in it's it's not even a story, but it's just like a sort of a bio he wrote about Azathoth, and it just ends with when Azathoth awakes, all things end. That's great. I like that. Um, but again, he might not even he he might not even exist in the Lovecraft mythos either. It might just be people just people going mad because they're picking up Cthulhu's dreams yeah yeah that's cool he might be Cthulhu's dream but everything might be his dream <laughs> yeah or maybe he maybe like he does exist in in some plane Cthulhu came from and his dream he's just dreaming like the, the the call of Cthulhu is just his dreams <laughs> being sent out to random people it's a the, the entire <laughs> world is a mess in Lovecraft right and but that's kind of what's oh, yeah. cool about it yeah yeah so, Johnny, do you think you could uh, survive underwater? <laughs> well, I mean, I can hold my breath for maybe like three minutes. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if we're going straight to that, I mean, this the, the question is then: not do we survive underwater? Do we survive facing Cthulhu? Yeah, I think that's more important. <laughs> um, I mean, we could just like bow down and like join the cult. Maybe that could be the only way you survive. Yeah, so like, then are, are his cult members in, all insane? Yeah, I mean, they're kind of insane to begin with, I guess, if you want to awaken yeah. this creature that can send the world into an eternity of darkness. Yeah, yeah, but you know what I mean? Is it so, like, when he arrives, if he arises, then are they part of that then? You know, are they, like, does he give a shit about them, you know? No, I don't think he. No, he doesn't actually give a shit about them. But he might about us. I think he might like our personalities. You should subscribe to the podcast. 
yeah. I think maybe he'd like our podcast. Maybe he's like, you know, I use your podcast to get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. you know, I've heard people say that. It's a stretch. It's a yeah. stretch to, to try and survive Cthulhu. That'd be a great podcast, actually, if you just, like, read Lovecraft, but you read it in this tone, like this, to get people asleep. Except the racial slur is you say like this. <laughs> you know what? I think what'd be a great idea is somebody to adapt the Call of Cthulhu as a podcast, but they do it like serial. <laughs> because that's how it's written. It's written in journal form and like other people's accounts of hearing about Cthulhu. So you do it like a journalist meeting people. Oh, so it's like what World War Z was supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's a great I went with serial because it's like serial more popular, yeah, yeah. but yeah, World War Z is um, a good one too. That's a great way to do it. Jesus. You should do that. That'd be a cool project. It'd be really, uh, yeah, I think it'd be really good. Um, it'd be hard. Like you would need to, it'd need to be yeah. very well written and you'd need to get like very good voice, yeah. voice cast. You see the the trouble is you're recording it as an audio podcast. So it's obviously, it's somebody recording audio files but you couldn't set it in modern times. So it'd have to be, the conceit would have to be that it's set in like the 40s and that's a journalist recording them on like reel-to-reel <laughs> yeah, recordings. Yeah, yeah. And you could give it that like hiss and sound. That'd be cool. Actually. Yeah. And you just have to make all your, you have to make all the actors smoke so they sound like they're smoking. Because you know? they won't be smoking. <laughs> Yeah, you you have to be like you have to sound like you're thirty years away from throat cancer. Yeah, yeah. Be- because you're twelve. Um, yeah. <laughs> Maybe there's a filter for that these days, like like an audition yeah. template where that just makes every voice sound like they're thirty years away from throat yeah. cancer. I've I've a tobacco filter for photography. I wonder is there one for audio? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try and do that, like make up a template in audition and then I'll just save it and call it tobacco <laughs> filter and just put it online. That'd be brilliant. You should definitely like look into writing that as a podcast. That's brilliant idea. No, I t- I've talked about that before. I think it'd be a really good idea. It might be something that's already been done. I'd be surprised yeah. if it wasn't. It hasn't been done well. Oh, yeah, you see, I haven't come across it. I, I feel like if it was done well you'd have just heard yeah, about yeah. it. You wouldn't need to look for it. But yeah, no, I think it'd be a really good idea. It would be a a proper like project, yeah. though. I guess you could do an episode, put it out there, and if it gets if people liked it, it'd be worth continuing. Oh, definitely, I think it's pretty. Um... And then you could do it like you do a season that way, and then the next season is just the mountains of madness. Oh, that'd be great! You just add the mountains of madness would probably fit it better, but. Anyway, now we're just having a production <laughs> meeting. <laughs> most of our conversations go. Do you think? Do you think we survive? That's the question. No, there's no way. <laughs> like, so in the so in the universe of underwater, like, so Christus here sacrifices herself to save the last two people hmm. and get them to escape pods. And we know from what the captain said at the start, like he got a bunch of people out. Or the next platform collapsed on top of them to stop. So yeah. a lot of people did escape from the disaster, and um, and then so she saved them from like the parasite mermen, I guess. Yeah. But then um, 
we could do this awake. Yeah, so. yeah. Like, um, and we even what we, we even see at the end of the film the post, not post credits, but the actual credits are just newspaper like articles about how the company that run the the digging are just moving it to another part of the trench. You know, they're ignoring everything that happened. Yeah, yeah. So then that makes that makes me think: Are the company actually Cthulhu's cult, and are they trying See, to? This is what them? I was going to say earlier. I and I completely forgot about it. I think there might be in the opening first act that was cut well, on the editing room floor. I feel like there might even be hints that uh, yeah. T.J. Miller's character. Was part of the cult. Oh, really? Yeah, because I think he just looks like he would be. <laughs> but, like, <laughs> the fact that he's got the tattoos, yeah. like, I, I was thinking, like, once it was revealed that that was Cthulhu, I was like, oh, I should rewatch this and see if any of his tattoos are, like, some ancient symbols. Because, you know, the way he's covered in tattoos in it. Oh, yeah. But I don't think he's too, he's the comic relief character. He's clearly not part of the cult. Yeah, yeah. But that could have been a way to go with it. Yeah. No, I don't think they're apart. I don't think yeah. they know what happened exactly because everybody's dead. Um, but I yeah. think they just don't care. I think it's just more about like big oil companies like that just don't care. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. <laughs> just because you've talked about his character there again is like the whole the whole bunny rabbit thing is just it's one of those really funny. Um, film choices. Yeah. Well, we didn't... I, I, we haven't explained that. We didn't go into it. So TJ Miller's character, it's like when you first meet him, you're like digging him out of the rocks and he hands one of them his pet rabbit and is like, I can't remember what the rabbit's name is. But whatever he's like, say it's, I don't know, Peter, Peter Rabbit or something. It's what first comes to mind, but it's not that. And he's like, is he okay? Is he alright? And, and I think it's Kristen Stewart takes it, Bunny and she's like, yeah, he's fine, he's fine. And they get him out. Then they get DJ Miller's character out of the rest of the rubble and pull him up. And then you realize that the bunny rabbit that he just looks like trying to get out is like a teddy bear. Yeah, yeah. And, and he keeps him in like a, a, a bun bag fanny pack like around his waist and stuff. And like keeps him all the way to the end. And then his character is killed and he, he passes on the bunny to them. And then it's like you won Emily at the end. She has bunny in her hands in the escape pod and everything like it's um that the whole idea of like you have to save the bunny but it's kind of a just a thing they do and almost a joke like humoring him yeah but i read uh, like in the trivia apparently it was supposed to be a real rabbit yeah um and they used the teddy bear as like a stand-in a lot and then they just thought it was really funny if it was just a teddy yeah, bear so yeah. they stuck with it. apparently there is a scene but there are some shots yeah Sorry. i was just going to say what you're about to say yeah there, there, there are shots in the film yeah. where it's the, the real rabbit yeah there is shots where it's a real rabbit so it's a bit kind of um you know if they really wanted to uh pay homage to lovecraft they should have named that rabbit something closer to what he would have called it yeah. <laughs> something incredibly racist <laughs> but the, the, I take it you didn't notice any scene though where it was a real rabbit did you? no yeah, like, um, like I feel I want to go back and watch it because I read that apparently the final the final scene yeah the final scene where um, Christian Stewart hands to Emily in the escape pod it is a real you can see it's a real yeah that's what I'd read that as the pod is going up you see her through the window or something and that, and it's a real 
funny there. But then, like, accidental or not, that adds to his, has, his Christian Stewart now going insane because she's, Cthulhu has looked at her. Oh, yeah, yeah, maybe. So it's, um, you know, so then it's kind of a thing of, did she blow up at all? You know, <laughs> did she just imagine it? You know, she's just going insane. Yeah. Well, I think, like, yeah, I suppose if you, to get, into it she sets her everything is set to happen that way before she looks him in the eye i guess but yeah yeah i suppose but then i don't know like how close do you need to be to look at like when she shot the flare earlier did that count was she looking in his eyes well then? that's what i mean yeah, yeah but i don't think she would have like i think you're too far away at that point like you know you can barely make out what he was there yeah I think that's getting way too into because I think Cthulhu could probably like make you go mad without even looking looking you in the eye. I think it's more so you can't like the idea is that even if he he can't he doesn't even have control over that that you he is just such a unreal being that you can't be that close to him without going mad even if he wanted it to to go another way. Oh, because he's just so far beyond comprehension. Yeah. yeah, and that's probably why his dreams transfer. That that's his like the only way he can communicate with humans because the whole idea is at one point he he would have been a god to humans like when he originally came to earth like it was humans that would have built oh, his yeah. cities and shit so maybe that's how we survive we just like offer to do some free work on relia it's like this place is looking a bit worse <laughs> for wear i know a man who knows a man who can get you a good deal on some plaster work <laughs> so we'd survive Underwater by like giving Gatulu some building advice. <laughs> that's a that's a good point. Yeah, it's an unsurvivable. It's unsurvivable because he's yeah. unknowable and undefinable. So uh, yeah, I don't think we'd survive. Yeah. Really. Well, the world doesn't. So like even even like even like 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 I was saying, even if you managed to get to one of the escape pods, and um, <laughs> instead of being like, oh yeah, there's another one, I'd be like, um. Actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna take this one, and you take the next one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I think in that scenario as well, like I would assume, if we have the prior knowledge that of what Cthulhu is, and then you see him, I would oh, just yeah. assume, ah, well, the world's just going to fall into like a, a lifetime of darkness now, anyway. So, fuck it, I'm just going to like take my chances and look him in the eye, just to see what that's like yeah I'd, I'd probably do the same as i'd set the i'd set the the reactor to go and then just stand and stare at him mm. while the countdown's going just to experience the madness yeah i'd, more, I'd uh, rather I'm, a, I'm vaporized i'd rather die knowing like being able to communicate with him at least just to at least like get whatever thoughts he had just in, like they're gonna make me go mad and probably kill myself but i would still like get to experience what's in his mind whereas if he's just going to take over the world again i'll probably just be killed by his cult or something you know yeah yeah exactly or he will just like click his fingers and wipe us all out but this way at least i get a bit more of an experience i get to die having an experience i guess that's a very positive uh yeah yeah um no yeah i'd do the same i'd uh yeah definitely i'd just stand and stare at him and wait for the madness so, so the ending is just us looking at that window with the that we we've set off the the meltdown we set off the meltdown and we just look yeah. out the window and get two loose standing above us and i just grab your hand 
and hold it. And it's just really <laughs> awkward. <laughs> and we and, and we still we still have the bunny rabbit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, like, I like that. Idea. Like just we just stand there holding hands because what else do you do at the end of the world? Except <laughs> hold hands with the person standing yeah. next to you. Yeah. <laughs> I like, I like that actually. That's probably my favorite ending. Mm. So, uh... Part of me actually thought that that's how this that this would have actually ended. I thought it was going to end up where Kristen Stewart and your one were actually lovers, and they would be there at the end. But yeah. uh, so was... that's a that's a different version of the film. <laughs> that's the version I dream about. Uh, but is that it? Are we are we done? We've uh, I think we, so, we've yeah. not survived underwater. I had intended that we would talk about loads of underwater discoveries for this episode, but uh, oh yeah, it's too late now. Uh, but we might do that again. We might do that next week. We might do a a follow up. That'd be good, actually. Yeah, yeah. Because I did. I, well, I was looking up. We we both watched the uh, Meg as well the other week, so we could involve that a little bit. But more relating to Lovecraft, I had like looked up like sea creatures that had been discovered recently and like there's one or two where you're like oh if i read that in a hp lovecraft story i would think he, he's probably gone too far oh really? yeah wow. but we'll get to them again because uh th- this has been going on going on long enough yeah, yeah i think because we're getting into october now it's halloween maybe we can do a, a more lovecraft episode later in the month or something maybe we'll... yeah and it'd be cool even if we just did it if we've just did a reading yeah we could do something cool. like that but uh, for now, I think uh, that's it. Uh, if you like this, give us a, a rating or a review. Give us both. Uh, tell your friends. Uh, hail Cthulhu and uh, have a nice end. End.